When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's all well and good getting excited excited about a battle for seventh place, but when the leader is 47 seconds yeah. ahead, that's not really fun and it's a hard sell. So, so while my friends are all doing that, I was in drama school where it was 8 a.m. on the dot, start, you, you lock your phone away in a locker um, and you do not look at anything else till, oh, wow. till, I don't know, sometimes 5 p.m., sometimes like 8 p.m. Hello and welcome to On Track GP. I'm Jamie Chambers and today we are so lucky. We have got motorsport broadcaster Harry Benjamin. Harry, how are you? I'm very well. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you too. <laughs> yep, we're coming out on Christmas Day. Super excited. We've got our Christmas jumpers on. Yes. Um, are you in the Christmas spirit already? Um, I, uh, I'm i trying to be. Um, I, I did actually go and see a panto the other day, which got me That's more into the Christmas festivities <laughs> um but i am i am lacking on on feeling too festive well i mean I'm, being I'm in really broadcasting honest. at some point you're gonna have to play something in the panto aren't you well <laughs> oh, well that, that would be the dream that would be the dream and it, hey off season i've got to fill my time with something right so oh, i mean it's so short the off season now. yeah like, that is the thing it's i mean ev- everyone starts itching for 2024 the immediacy that like the podium at abu dhabi's done mm. and it's like right next year what's happening like what are we gonna do yeah. It must, must be even more hectic for you. You must be like... Yeah, I mean, it is It is and it isn't. I, I mean, I'm, I think I'm quite good at just switching off and going, no, right, I'm done now. Let's. I don't want to Turn think about the one brain off one and... for just at least a week, please. <laughs> but, you know, the way the way the world works now, you, there's always there's news constantly, yeah. even if there's not really any news. There's always something happening and, and you've, got to, you've got to keep on top of it. You've just got to know about it. But I think... You know, the, I think now between Christmas and New Year is a good time where you can literally just yeah. switch off. You know, most of the, the teams aren't working in that little bit in between. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. And and then, but then it is, you know, uh, launch dates start yeah. coming out. Ferrari and then, have already announced. Exactly. Uh, it's the 13th, isn't it? Yeah. Thankfully, it's not Friday. Yeah. So uh, they've dodged that bullet. But uh, <laughs> I did check. As soon as I saw it was the 13th, I was like, That would set Friday? their season up fantastically. But um, so, so yeah, but then you're straight into launch season. And then and then before you know it, pre-season testing. And then you're, and then you're bang straight yeah. into it. And next year, longest season ever. So brace Record breaking season. I'm, I'm half looking forward to it, half thinking how many times they're going to have to step off a driver for exhaustion. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, well, th- this is the thing, right? I mean, my worry is more Max Verstappen winning all 24 races. <laughs> Done, <laughs> That's my right, worry. Right, we've won 19 out of 22. I mean, mm. and then they go, oh, we can tidy this up. We know what we did wrong in Singapore. And the other races are races that we've done before. So yeah. it, there's nothing new coming to it in that sense. It's... I, I I, mean, you have to take your hat off first of yeah. all and go, I mean, amazing work. Congratulations. It's the most dominant anyone's ever been. I think you even go back to, to Schumacher, yes. really. Um, but I think what people, what, what's easily missed, I think, is that actually the gap behind with everybody else is really tight. It concertinaed up. It so you great. can you can get excited about that. But I understand to the, the general viewer that 
it's all well and good getting excited excited about a battle for seventh place but when the leader is 47 seconds yeah. ahead that's not really fun and it's a hard sell so i'm just hoping it's it's on it's up to everybody else now to, to try and close that gap and catch up to, to red bull so fingers crossed um exactly that. but it's still a, a masterful work so let's talk more about you so oh, okay right first <laughs> things first how did you get started um good question how did i get started because I think, you do a lot. You broadcast a lot. Yeah, I, I probably do. Um, well, I'm a freelancer, so if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not working, I'm not earning. Um, I think I started really properly when I was maybe at school, like or laid the foundations at least when I was at school. So maybe about 16, 17 years old and uh, set up a blog, a motorsport blog um, online and just started writing about uh, Formula One initially, awesome. like stories that interested in me, um, like random stories that not like mainstream ones because i was like oh you know they'll be on the bbc's and ignoring and hamilton for a while yeah and, i was yeah. like let's talk about um at the time that there was i remember doing stories on like a guy called Charles peak who used to race for caterham yeah. back in the day and uh and marussia and like you know his like his story which i found i just always found those backmarker stories fascinating because yeah. they never really got the coverage on on the mainstream broadcast so i was used to like going go digging out and that. find out who those people were stories for the underdogs yeah so that i, I that was my that's always, always felt like that was my niche within the niche that is that is formula one so uh and then and then it just sort of progressed from there. and then i i was also doing a lot of uh drama and acting at the time at school and then i i wanted to go to drama school and, and be an actor so i i didn't bother with like university or anything like that initially and i was like i want to go to drama school and so i did all the auditions and i got into one place and did a, did a foundation there, uh, then quickly decided that I didn't really want to do drama school. In like, I, The next step would have been to try and get onto like a three year course, but that's very intense. And I also loved doing the broadcasting and the motorsport and you don't have any other opportunities to do that when you're at a drama school. You do at university. It's a three year sort of blanket ban essentially. Yeah, it's just, it's just so, you've got to be so intense with, with acting. It's It's, hard to, to train as an actor and you've got to want it more than anything and I, I suppose at the time I didn't want it I wanted to do other things as well and and university appealed because you could get involved in the radio society and the tv as well as do a bit of drama and acting so that this, then went off to the university did a few bits of radio and stuff like that and it kind of just sort of expanded from there really. well, you kind of skirted around one particular part because <laughs> you went to RADA I did yes how was that uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, uh, intense. Um, yeah, no, I, my friends will laugh because normally I'm straight away to go, well, I did go to RADA. Um, it, but... it is a thing, sort of RADA, Central, Lambda. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, for, for anyone who doesn't know, it's the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. Um, and uh, it, it is one of the top drama schools. So, and that was the only one. I auditioned for like 12. Yeah. The only one that um Not a bad one to be on. the only one. No, no. I was like, thank you very much. Um, and I, mean, I went to the poor school. So you, you, <laughs> you stepped up. <laughs> hey, look. I mean, at the end of the day, they're all kind of teaching the same thing. So it's just some have been around longer than others. <laughs> yeah. um, rather being one of them. I, I mean, it was amazing. Like the buildings are great. That The teachers you, you get are, are just the, the knowledge they have and the experience they have is amazing. It is intense though. And to go from... Well, actually, it was quite good going from school to drama school because in school, you know, you have a bit of a, you have a structure. You know, I started at half past eight in the morning and you finish at four o'clock and, you know, you yeah. have your lunch and your breaks and whatever. Um, whereas when you go to university, obviously, all of a sudden it, it's 
quite quite loose schedule you, you can turn up to lectures if you want to um, it becomes very laissez-faire very quick exactly whereas i was so while my friends were all doing that i was in drama school where it was 8 a.m on the dot start you, you lock your phone away in a locker um and you do not look at anything else till oh, wow. till i don't know sometimes 5 p.m sometimes like 8 p.m so hard to depending on how, how hard you're working yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 a lot and it is great but you, again, it comes back to what I was saying. You've got to want it so much more than anything else, because even when you get to the end of three years or whatever, you know it's still a still a dogfight to, yeah. to try and sort oh, of make it's it. So oversaturated at this point. Exactly. Uh, although again, what isn't these days? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so so I I quickly realised. I think I realised at the end of the first week, to be honest, at, at Rod, I was like, I love it, but this is not for me, you know. Um, and and I I I went to university the year later. And has I mean, you've been broadcasting since sort of 17 years old, 18 mm. years old. Is that always what you wanted to do? Was that always your end target? I think so. I think it was sort of in, yeah, in line with kind of the acting stuff at the time. But I always watched the telly and I looked at people like Jake Humphrey or mm. Ben Shepherds, um, yeah. like those people at the time who I sort of very much looked at on the TV, especially Jake, who was presenting BBC F1 at the time. And I was like, that I want to, that's, that's what I want to do. Goal. Simple as, you know. Um, and then, I want to present tipping point uh <laughs> one day one day it'll happen um but and i and i just sort of i think i was quite proactive and yeah. um narrow-minded with you know this is this is what i'm gonna do there ain't no other option um i'm not good at maths or science i come from a very medical kind of math family yeah so doing drama and the the writing and the, the broadcasting was was very different sure. um, but i was like there's no there's no i literally can't do anything else so this is what i'm gonna do but formula one was so far away from the periphery i was like i and this was when i was sort of getting into it it was bernie eccleston era i didn't know anybody still vaguely traditional formula one at that point where you were know, the, the american owners hadn't come in all that sort of no stuff. content creators back then no. uh, if there were very small and i couldn't you know youtube I wasn't actually really on, I didn't watch YouTube really. So I didn't know who, who the people were back then. Yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, it's never gonna happen. Won't bother with Formula One. But then this thing called Formula E started. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, here we go. I think I was 18 at the time. I was revising for my A-levels and Formula E just had its first season. And I thought, gotta get in. Early start, foot yeah. in the door, gotta get in somewhere. In at ground level. Yeah. So I remember emailing the producers. I, I watched the credits at the end of the Formula E broadcast, found who broadcast, who produced it, found an email address. While I was supposed to be revising for my A-levels, basically sent them an email being like, this is what I want to do. Can I have some work experience? And at the time, I look back at it now, and I sort of gave them my predicted A-level grades as if that would have been uh, the yeah, clincher. Yeah, that's the tipping. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm predicted an A in geography. Uh, so, you know. Um, Which really translates well to journalism and formulary. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> somehow though it worked. And uh, and then they invited me to Donington Park for pre-season testing for the second ever Formula E test um, or the second ever Formula E season. Went along. I was the runner. Uh, helped out camera operators i met the presenter nikki shields um and i basically actually harangued nikki shields for advice and help and no bad thing and she and she actually she gave me her email address which is the worst thing she could have possibly done because <laughs> and she never heard the end of it really and uh and she you know i i always i i say this to anybody nikki was somebody who, who helped me out a lot when i was just starting 
and she got nothing out of it. It's like dark magic, isn't it? Like if you, if you're not behind the curtain, you don't know how anything works. You don't know who to talk to, and you need someone to sort of peer the curtain back a little bit. Yeah, and and that and that's um, what she did for me because. She, she obviously took some sort of liking to me. I think she liked the fact that I was quite proactive and I was updating her with stuff I was doing. Awesome. And and then eventually she she sort of helped introduce me to some people who might be able to help set up some meetings for me with sort of like um, pr- production companies that did kind of junior motorsport. And and then she kind of offered me a job herself. You know, how I used to help her out with like social media bits and that kind of thing. And and I even went to some Formula E races with her to help her work on one of her shows. Um, and and she kind of became a bit of a mentor at the time. So so she was a massive help. So doing that Formula E Donington test was probably the best thing ever because Amazing. you know all, although on the day I was just milling around and you look look back at the formula e cars back there and they, they were they were very interesting um but she would be having to change to a second yeah they had car. to that's a yeah, the pit stop was <laughs> drive in get unbuckle run out to the next <laughs> car you know in some ways i think that should have stayed because i, I kind of really like that pinpoints them separately doesn't it to any other championship um so yeah and then and then it just kind of grew from there and then as i said i went to university and got involved i, I went to um uea and the university of east anglia purely because um greg james went there um to do the radio nice. um live live wire 1350 um and got involved in that was doing entertainment bits and bobs and then weren't I, you also an assistant producer, an accidental producer yeah, with I've Dave done Berry? Yeah, so many different things. What, what is an accidental producer? So, so basically, I do it through doing the radio at uni. Uh, they do this thing every year, and which is brilliant for student radio. Actually, they do this thing called um, the student radio conference, and each year, a station bids to host it. And the year I was there, our station won the opportunity. So every station from around the universities comes and uh congregates and there's conferences and you know you get to network basically and they do this competition called demo factor which is as scary as it sounds it's essentially the x factor but for your radio demo that's cool so you submit your two minutes of radio that you've produced on student radio and the judges i think i had and they have a big judging panel and your, your name gets you might not get played but it's random my name got played so you stand up and uh and the the presenter of it is an absolute radio presenter called Ben Burrow, and he and he sort of harangues you into the into the uh, the the front row, asks you questions, and then you look up at the judging panel. And it who was it at the time? It was the boss of BBC Radio One, um, the boss of Five Live, uh, and then you had uh, Jordan North from Radio One, Pandora, who I think is on Heart now, and um, oh, and the boss of uh, Absolute Radio. So, so no challenge at yeah all. and <laughs> and an agent and a talent agent so your your heart is yeah. and um demo got played out and you either get buzzed out straight away or it just fizzles out and they give you some feedback or you get a golden buzzer which puts you through to the final round and the chance to win and i got a golden buzzer amazing so i was like oh my god okay here we go got to the final four or whatever it was i didn't win but I, I say I came third, um, which gave me the chance. I got offered some work experience by the boss of Absolute Radio. And while I went to Absolute Radio in the summer, did a couple of weeks of tech hopping and just helping out on various shows, the Dave Berry Breakfast Show, all this kind of stuff. Then I went away, back to uni. And then every sort of other weekend, they asked me, could I do some tech hopping like on a freelance basis? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then one day out of the blue, they said 
I think what basically happened is the two producers on the Absolute Radio Breakfast show had booked holiday at the same time and no one had quite clocked that until the week before. Okay. So they said to me, can you shadow for a day and then can you hold it for a week? Wow. <laughs> so no stress. So no stress. They did bring in like, so they had a, the an, an exec who came in to sit and to sort of make sure nothing went completely wrong. But I Hand did. The shoulder, I did sort of the 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 teching of it all. So I I would put the show together on on a thing called Zeta and uh, on a program output called Zeta, and I would um, I would just be generally like the the assistant producer um, when I did not have the experience to be that an assistant awesome. producer, having just had a day of watching the other guy do it and figuring out how to video but edit. Proper trial by fire. So yeah, everything I've done has been thrown at the deep end. Well, that's Go what I wanted to talk to you about. Is you're, you're doing Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3. Um, you, you've just done some great stuff for um, the kids as well. And yeah, then yeah. on top of that, you're, you're, you're sort of all around the world doing all this great stuff. You've just pre presented the FIA Awards. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you say it like, oh yeah, I remember that. What has been your pinch me moment? That's hard. This, I mean, this year has been mega can't lie it's been my best the best year ever probably well just looking at your socials and seeing like up on that stage is quite yeah incredible. that was fio awards was scary i was very nervous for that um well, it I, didn't show so the fact that oh good <laughs> there we go i had lots of powder on my face to, to stop the sweat coming through um and very under rehearsed as well um i don't know i cue think cards. I lots think, of cue cards i, I think I, I, I there's been a few different pinch me moments like even the, the first time i did uh an f1 commentary um was was last year for five live that was kind of like a oh my, i've just done the australian grand prix and what a race to commentate on as well uh, yeah so that was that was a bit mad and then and then i suppose it was getting a call from from sky to do the f1 kids and then going out to hungry with sky and holding a, a sky microphone and we i presented a bit of the f1 show i did some commentary trans like it was for the kids but i was also like i'm having a great time <laughs> doing some crossovers with crofty on the commentary yeah. and i and i grew up watching sky so um that was a whole sitting in on the on the production meetings every morning was wow. you know sitting next to martin brundle nico rosberg to my left simon lazenby crofty rachel brooks this was name this drop was off like name I know incredible. this was this was mad and then doing commentary and having Nico Rosberg come in or Stefano Domenicali or um, whoever it was coming in and out of the commentary box and this was just uh, you know I just had to go I was supposed to be the experienced hand that who'd been there done that for the kids so I'm keeping cool where actually I'm Heart like oh through the my <laughs> what is happening so that was a big a big pinch me moment and then again the FIA awards as well that was uh, that was kind of cool to get that job and and, yeah. uh, and to present in front of a big audience and, and actually interview sort of face-to-face -face Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Oscar Piastri, and, and also all the other champions from, from motorsport as well. So it's not just Formula One. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I've been lucky. There's a lot of pinch me moments this year. So just, I'm just little bruises all the 2024. <laughs> yeah, that's the, you know, I mean, I, 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 I do believe in luck. I think you make your own luck Agree with very that. much, but you do need that right place, right time moment. And the as harder well. you work, the luckier you get. That's what I believe, and and you know, I I I have worked quite hard, um, <laughs> and since I, you know, this has been maybe ten, nearly ten years, sort of since I started a little blog. So, although it's all happened quite quickly within maybe a, a couple of years or so, there's been a lot of hard graft behind it. 
um, but then you've got to work harder to stay there because it's it's like F1. You've got to keep your seat because yeah. there's other people coming for you. <laughs> Always, so, the whole time. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, a lot of pitch moments this year. So, I'm hoping I need... And that's my trouble, taking the time to actually reflect and yeah. enjoy it. Now, I think now is the off-season I can sort of do that a bit. Yeah. Turn off from it and look back and yeah. go... And speaking of that, looking back, what were your thoughts on the 2023 season? Yeah. I mean, a little bit disappointing um, with Verstappen and dominance, obviously. Nobody really wants to see that. Um, I, you know what though? There were some really good races. Y- y- you look at Vegas turned out pretty well. I was genuinely surprised about that. Yeah. I think we all were. Um, and they really proved the point. It, it was really like, a, I really told badly. you so moment. Yeah. It was not a good start, but you know, to have, um, Verstappen diving down the inside of Leclerc right at the very start, yeah. it was like a bit of a Verstappen of old all of a sudden, cause we hadn't really seen him have to fight. Whereas yeah. he was elbows out from the get go there. And elbows out the completely off the track and just. And just, I'll take the, I'll take the position. Yeah. Give me the five second time penalty. That's the thing that needs sorting uh, yeah, out. Yeah, I'll, I'll be ten seconds ahead. Give me the five seconds. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've got a big issue with those five second time. Penalties. I'm so glad you do. I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah. no. Whatever happened to the drive through penalty? That needs to happen because it's not five seconds. It needs to be the full pit lane and yeah. five seconds. I just now they do stop and goes, but I, whatever happened to a drive through? I feel like they just sort of faded out over the years. This is whole thing like anymore. this FIA regulations where they go, oh no, this one's better. And yeah, then they have to stick with it, double down on it. I, yeah, I, so so that needs to be sorted out. But um, but look, I mean, I did the Singapore Grand Prix this year, and that was well, actually, the first twenty laps a bit boring, but then the yeah. last ten laps, insane. You know, that if that gives us just a glimpse of of what Formula One could be over the next couple of years, as as you know, things do get get more competitive and, yeah. and the grid tightens up because that's what generally happens. A new regulation change. Until 2026, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame that they then switch it up. <laughs> so you wonder what happened if they kept the ones from, from 20, uh, 21, 22. But um, <laughs> less said about that, the better. Yes. Um, but I, I so, so they've been glimpses of some really good racing this year. And to, to see uh, like Carlos Sainz and, and Charles Leclerc fighting as hard as they did in Monza together. Two Ferraris yeah. getting that close. I haven't seen that in a long time. That's my only concern is that we seem to get a lot of infighting going on. A lot of Mercedes versus Mercedes, mm. Ferrari versus Ferrari. Um, do you, who do you think is going to be taking the challenge to Red Bull next year? I mean, well, if it's not Mercedes, something terrible has gone wrong for them. Um, I, you know what? I, I don't want to jump on the Ferrari hype train that everybody <laughs> and they, they themselves jump on every year. But you know what? If they, if they, if there was a few reliability issues they had this year as well, which if they can iron those out, they've got a really strong driver lineup. I mean, a lot of those teams do. I mean, Hamilton and Russell are pretty strong. Russell had a bad year, um, which is but, ironic because he got himself in some great positions. Yeah, and a bit of bad luck as well, but. You know, compared to his first year with Mercedes, it was it was not you know night and day. But um, I th- I think with, with with a Ferrari, you've got Leclerc, who is he is the faster driver. But Sainz is smart, and Singapore showed that. And so I think what Carlos Sainz lacks in maybe out in raw pace, he makes up for in sort of strategic mindset. I mean, Le- Leclerc's not not an idiot either, no. but I think that's where Sainz really comes into his own a bit. And more. certainly consistency over sixty laps. Oh, God, absolutely. So, so I think those two as a pairing could really, if they got the right car underneath them, could really be a, a force for, for Ferrari and, and to be reckoned with. Not Haas or Alpine? Oh, I mean, I would love to see a Haas up there. Give me, you know what? Hulkenberg was, over one lap. I, he's been, oh, what a good year for him. 
on Haas, I know I, I was what I think I I think it was like a LinkedIn article I read or something. But they are probably the most relatable driver lineup yes. on the grid because they're both dads. They've both been away, come, come back. back, balancing family life. They kind of had this. I don't really care anymore. Like I've done my bit. If I get sacked, I get sacked. I've had a pretty good career. I love that vibe from from both of them. Yeah, uh, I think I I rate Magnussen as well. I, I think he's had a bit of a rough year in comparison to Hulkenberg, obviously. But I really like those two. If they, um, if that, t- and they have been up there before in the top five. I just wish they could be there more consistently. They're good drivers. That's the thing. And if that Haas car was slightly less of a tractor, I, th- I think <laughs> it would certainly do something. Well, I think now um, next year will be the first year we see the 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 MoneyGram money. Yes. Uh, working especially with MoneyGram blazoned everywhere across well exactly that so I think that's hopefully then they'll be able to utilise that and and have a good package but uh, Haas's problem has always been development throughout the year so they start off strong and they just get worse and worse so that'll be interesting and you mentioned Alpine as well I, I read the other day that they're redoing that entire car for next year trying to sort yeah. it out but more, they have an engine deficit more Ryan issue. Reynolds money you know? well exactly you yeah. know they just secured that 200 million dollars yeah, incredible but they have an engine deficit issue which they're just going to have to sort of manage until and it always seems to be that they fix the engine then the aerodynamics is wrong they get the aerodynamics right the floor and the ground effect is wrong it's a recurring problem yeah I mean and again great lineup Gasly Ocon they've been pretty nip and tuck this Both year podiums and and you forget though that they did get podiums, yeah. right? I think people have to keep dragging that up just to avoid talking about Verstappen, Perez, and Sainz. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> and I I I I don't know. Alpine's a funny one. Renault, Lotus, yeah. Renault, whatever you want to call them. Back in the day, they've they've always had that. They've always been sort of. This is our plan. We're going to be in the top three. Their hundred race plan. Yeah. How many races has that gone on for? I mean, that hundred race plan is about three hundred races yeah, old. Yeah, I've been trying to count, but I've lost it. <laughs> um, so, so this is the thing, right? That hundred race plan has been going on for about ten years. That, that so, was Kimi Raikkonen era. So that, that's, and, that's quite a and, long and, and actually, they were doing all right then. Um, so, so I, I hope that that Alpine can can bring their name because they were kind of in no man's land this year. They were right in the middle of the constructors on their own. Adrift from from McLaren and Aston Martin, but yeah. ahead of that weird the middle ground that doesn't quite work. No, you're, you're neither bad nor good. Yeah. So, big question: mm. If you could sit down with three icons of Formula One, past or present, who would you sit down with? Oh, three icons. I think I would love to sit down with somebody like Ayrton Senna. Yes, that would be really cool. Um, I'd love to ask him what he thought of Eddie Irvine. <laughs> just that yeah that would oh, be cool on top of the million other questions yeah, yeah. but uh thank you that's all that's all we need um and then oh this is such a hard question i think probably maybe more like a mod like a modern champ i would love to just generally have a sit down chat with lewis hamilton you know like no candid candid you know like over dinner <laughs> no cameras no it's not an interview nice. it's just you know let just on who a level. are you really you yeah know? Because he's away changed, I think he's changed a lot from, yeah. since he first came into Formula One. So I just love to 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 hear him sort of speak for real. I you know love I mean? that. Um, so so who did I say? Senna, Hamilton, um, and oh oh oh, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe like um, well you've got two thousands, you've got the nineties. Oh oh, it would be cool to 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 chat with Michael Schumacher. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, I know uh, I, I've spoken to other people and they go, oh, Jackie Stewart and Fangio. And, and, and Fittipaldi. Yeah, yeah. but, I, you know, I, I, I won't lie. I, you know, 
that that era of Formula One. I don't I don't recall. Don't remember very well. I've hung <laughs> yeah. thirty years before you were born. But, you know, and uh, you can respect those. But I know Schumacher. Yeah. Um, the ones that you watched on like BBC. Grandstand, yeah. Who, who I grew up watching essentially. So yeah, Schumacher, uh, Senna, and. Hamilton would be would be sort of my dinner guest. I mean, I that's think. one hell of yeah. an awesome dinner. Yeah, it would be good, wouldn't it? I think they'd show up as well because I think they'd want to talk to I, each other. Yeah, so. I think so. I think Hamilton would like to talk to Schumacher, and they'd both mm. love to talk to Senna. Yeah. I think. And what are your top three predictions looking forward for twenty twenty four? I predict that. Oh, I think Red Bull is still going to have a bit of a gap to everybody else. Yep six months ahead at this yeah point. is my one prediction i think that um ferrari i'll go I'll, i'm on the hype train so i'll go ferrari will be the second best team and i will go for uh, sauber and their new name stake <laughs> f1 team kicks well sauber. remembered uh <laughs> will will be uh will make a big step forward awesome is my is my Those, prediction. i mean one wild prediction in there I yeah you know it. I, I want Bottas to have a good car, to be fair. Yeah, because I feel like he's kind of become more... He's come into his own now. He's sort of away from the corporateness of He's leading. Of he's not worried. He, he's also doing amazing stuff away from Formula One. Yeah. I mean... Have you got the calendar? I'm going to get one. Incredible <laughs> moustache. Yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a real... He's grown into a real sort of personality now. So, uh, so yeah. And what's next for you? Sort of in the off-season and also... 2024 and beyond um so i will be um switching my brain off probably for a bit uh in the off season and just detaching myself and then but then as we've already said it's straight back into it quite quickly um i i should be doing some some more races for five live next year which would be cool awesome. um, and you're enjoying that yeah oh uh, you know it is and radio commentary is is really hard <laughs> so are you like me did you used to have the radio commentary with the tv on uh i should probably say yes but no no <laughs> just me <laughs> but i know people do that because we then have to we give sort of time markers for people to sync up on on the radio but um yeah radio commentary has been been a real lesson to learn um and you've got to keep talking and you've got to be really descriptive, Super descriptive. um so that's a real challenge and, and one that i love doing and there's a great team to work with as well um and then um and some there are some other things going on um are you doing the kids stuff again next year i uh, don't know yet um, don't know what's going on with that, but uh, there are there's some cool stuff coming for next year that Amazing. I'm not allowed to talk about. I can NDAs be that guy. Across I can the be board. that guy. I love go, that. I can't talk about that. I'm afraid. <laughs> but um, you can but post yeah. on Twitter saying amazing stuff coming. Yeah, then... exactly. Do a whole tease, <laughs> get people really annoyed, and uh, and yeah, and then and then that'll be it. But so I'm looking Harry, forward to it. Where can people find you on socials and the internet and all that fun? Um, stuff? I'm I'm at I'm Harry Benjamin on. I think pretty much everything. Um, nice, nice and so nice and even threads, which seems to be popping off at the moment. Is that, so, is that a thing now? Well, I, I didn't use it, but then suddenly, apparently, it went live in Europe, and I got a load of new followers off the back of it. So I was like, okay. What I thought was amazing is that they just gave everyone a threads account. Like, yeah, like, like yes, elected. forced, forced <laughs> social media. Um, so I am on threads, not like I post on it, um, but I'm on anything else: Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Yeah, trying all to the, all keep up with everyone. Above. Yeah, it's it's a tough world you got to keep up with these days. Yeah. Harry, thank you so much. You've been genuinely awesome. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been absolutely fantastic. And maybe your predictions will come true. I'm, Who knows? I'm, I kind of want Bottas at the front a little bit. I think I would. I would. I would pay good money for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, that has been on Track GP and our chat with Harry Benjamin. Merry Christmas, guys, and we will see you in the new year. Bye bye. Podcast Network.